0: All right, we're in the book of Ephesians, and uh, it's a wonderful book, it's deep, Uh, I'm plowing my way through it, every time I say, well, I'm going to do this, then I see something else that comes up that I need to speak on, and so you just pray for me, and as Britain has asked, because that's so important, pray for me as I prepare. He starts, Paul does, uh, this epistle talking to the saints we find that in verse 1 we also find that in verse 15 and in verse 18 so he is writing this to believers there's a story of about these two wicked men who lived in this town and there wasn't anything wicked that these two had not done and they were brothers and one of the younger brother dies and The older brother comes to the pastor of the town and says, if you would please, at the funeral, say that my brother was a saint. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And he said, well, would $100,000 in the offering plate help? And he said, well, I'll see what I can do. So the funeral comes and... The preacher gets, gets up. He tells all the awful and terrible things that this younger brother had done. I mean, it was a list. But then the preacher says, but compared to his older brother, he was a saint. <laughs> but he is writing here to saints. And again, as a saint, if you're a believer in Christ, you're born again, you're new creation in Christ, you are a saint. You don't have to be promoted to, to sainthood from a church or, or anything. You're promoted there by God And when you believe in Christ. And so this book is to saints. And uh, Paul, again, wants Christians to have a clear picture of what God is doing. And I do too. What is God doing? What is God doing? On the one hand, God is bringing glory to himself. Uh, That's the principle by which God runs the universe, is to bring glory to himself. And we saw that in in, uh, uh, verses 12 and and 14. And... uh, that's his main objective, to bring glory to himself. We see the creation, don't we? We talked about this last week, but just sort of a review. We see his glory everywhere, and we're to praise his glory. I hope when you go out in a couple of weeks and you see that partial eclipse, I wouldn't look at it directly because uh, you'll hurt your eyes, but that's all due to the glory of God. And that's a phenomenon. It really is. And to the point where we were going to go to North Carolina to see it uh, in its totality, but decided against that. The other principle here that he demonstrates is how he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And remember, it's in Christ, not in us, because we were worthy. And And we've talked about these things. We saw... God has chosen us before the foundation of the world. It doesn't say we chose him before the foundation of the world. He gets the glory. Always he gets the glory. He redeemed us. He's adopted us. Uh, And then last week we saw he is uh, building up or summing up all things in Christ. And we saw last week. It's all about him. And I'm going to say that forever. Well, As long as I'm here. It's all about him. And it really is. Give him the glory. Give him the glory. Because he is worthy to be praised. That we might praise his glory. And uh, that's huge in our lives. And I hope we're doing that. Uh, when you do that before you go to bed. Uh, which I fail to do sometimes. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. In this but when we wake up and you you wake up and, and you step out of bed and your ankle kills you or your foot kills you or your back kills you uh, you feel terrible praise the Lord not praise the Lord anyway I'm not saying that but in everything give thanks right. and so just be grateful to be alive this week though I want to look at what is it to be means to be sealed by the Spirit. You know, I think God's great desire for us is that we feel secure in His great love and power. We're not secure in ourselves. I hope you're not secure in yourself. First uh, Peter one five it says we are kept by the power of God through faith, unto salvation. We're kept by His mighty power. You can't keep... Your, you didn't save yourself. You don't keep yourself saved by whatever you do. He keeps us. He sealed us, as we'll see this morning. And all will praise uh, to Him. You know, everything else in life may be unstable. It may be uh, shaky. Your job, your health, your family... Uh, You may feel like you're up 40 stories in a building standing on the ledge with a hurricane blowing, wondering how in the world you're going to keep from being blown off the edge. And uh, uh, everything seems to be coming apart, unraveling. And we know that when we signed up to follow Jesus, it was not going to be an easy road. I don't know if you figured that out yet. Uh, Paul uh, definitely understood this, uh, but our signing up to follow Christ is a dangerous mission that we have. And uh, Paul describes this in different places in, in Romans eight thirty five and thirty six. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Now, notice he w- Paul is talking here to the Ephesians about being secure. Secure in Christ. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? No. Just it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. That's your life. It was Paul's life. It was Christ's life. It's your life. And so he also says... In 2 Corinthians 11, 25 through 28, he says, Paul does, three times I was beaten with rods. This is not what somebody would call a uh, a wonderful life experience in one way. In another way, it was, though, because he still glorified God through all that he went through. He says, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. Wow. I mean, I have one church. He had many churches that he was overseeing, and yet he was having to go through all these hardships. And so we might ask the question, then why was Paul so powerful and stable and secure in his life. You ever thought about that? With all that he was going through. He was secure. And he was stable. And he was powerful. And I think it's because. He felt secure. In God's love. And in his power. Even when everything. Seemed to be falling apart. You know there's some. Passages in the scriptures. That are really difficult. Uh, because they almost scare you to death because it sounds like you can fall away. Uh, let me just point out some of these. There are many of them, and I didn't... Uh, okay. Thank you. Colossians 1, 21 through 23. And although you were... Formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach, if indeed you continue in the faith. Oh, so you that must mean I can fall then and lose my faith. See, that's not what he is saying here. He's saying you can be secure, you can be stable if you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast, not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, was made a minister. You see that? Don't be secure in anything else except Christ. Be secure in your trusting him. Be secure in who he is. Okay? It's interesting how we can take certain scriptures and twist them, and they're not saying that at all. Also in 1 Peter 1:17 and 19, if you confess as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were not redeemed. Okay, so... Again, he says, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life, inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. So what is he saying here? Be secure in what Christ has done. You were not redeemed with silver and gold, but you were redeemed by Christ. By his blood that was shed for you. Focus on that. Be secure in that. Don't run after uh, every little uh, thing. Romans 11, 20 and 21. Quite right. They were, speaking of the Jews, they were broken off for their unbelief. But you stand, how do you stand secure? How do you stand at all? By your faith. Do not be conceited, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, He will not spare you either. It's a warning. It's a warning to do what? Stand in the faith. Stand in Christ. That's what he's saying. Stand in Christ. Stand in your faith. You're secure in Christ. And I think all of these passages teach uh, or test the genuineness uh, for the Christian in his perseverance in faith and holiness of life. Uh, We don't have a holy life and do holy things to be saved, but when we have genuine faith, genuine faith will persevere and it will produce holiness in our life. And so what Paul is saying here. Be secure in Christ, you walk in Christ, and these other things will follow and uh, but don't take your eyes off of him. Uh, so these scriptures that we have just looked at were not written to threaten our security in God uh, but they were written to threaten security in anything else but god see what he's saying you don't have secure security in your family that is saving security you don't have that in your job or your money your education if so the bible is a threat to you because you're trusting you're finding security in your stuff well, i got a million dollars in the bank. I'm secure. Guess what? You're not secure. If it's, your security is not in Christ. And that's what Paul is saying here. Make sure you've cast all your cares upon Christ, that you're clinging to him, not to all this other uh, stuff. Uh, so the Bible and Paul is driving us back to the only unshakable foundation. And that is God. That's the only unshakable foundation that we have is Christ. And Paul said that, didn't he? I know uh, Martin Luther said that when he says, Here I stand, I can do no other. He was standing in the truth of the gospel and Christ. You see, sin is an effort to feel secure in anything Other than God. Sin is an effort to feel secure in everything but God. That's sin. To feel secure in anything but God. Let me just say this. Even your decision. I had somebody tell me. I said are you a believer? Yes I am because I decided for Christ 25 years ago. And it's written right here in the front of my Bible. Okay, uh, so it was your decision that you're trusting in. Well, no, Jesus, you know, he's a savior. Not, no, but you don't just. I said, your trust is not in your decision. Your trust is in Christ. It's not something you did 25 years ago, and God accepts me, and therefore nothing else matters. I've I've decided. I've decided. Well, you better make sure that your trust, your foundation is Christ, not your decision. I tell you what, you start looking at your decision, and you're going to go, gee, did I say everything right? Did I really mean it? Did I really uh, confess everything? Did I, 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 I? And then you go, whoa, no. Christ is your foundation. You're trusting Him. You're standing on the solid rock, you're not standing on your decision. now, your belief, yeah, uh, will lead to uh, your following Christ, but it comes from and it comes from belief. Uh, so let's look at the text this morning that we have in verses twelve through fourteen and I'm going to just read this in the uh, it says. We, Paul says, for we who first hoped in Christ have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. We have seen that, and that's from all eternity. In him you also who have heard the word of truth, okay, the gospel of your salvation. You see, this is your foundation. And have believed in him, not in your decision, you have believed in him we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, which is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. All of this is to the praise of His glory. And we need to remember that and keep that in mind. So it is for all of those who believe. It's for those who believe. Not for those who are doing more trying harder, uh, uh, resting in in something they did 25 years ago, but they don't go to church anymore. They never pray. They never read their Bible. But I'm saved because I made a decision. If you're trusting that, you're on very shaky ground. Your hope better be in Christ, not in something you did. Now, believe me, you do it in the sense that you receive it you believe, yeah, but uh, uh, make sure, cast all your cares upon him because he, he cares for you. Sometimes we, we uh, let the devil, I think, sneak in and our focus will get off of Christ onto ourselves, which is nothing more than pride. Remember, pride is P-R-I-D-E eyes right in the middle of it and uh, we're our own worst enemies many times and also notice here uh, we need the second thing is to see that these people whose inheritance god guarantees are the people who believe the gospel that's in verse 13 in other words you who have believed were sealed were sealed in other words, it's genuine faith. It's real faith. You have really believed. You have really trusted. You're, Christ is your all in all. You're following Him. He is your Lord and Savior. It's those who have been sealed. That's, that's important to, to see as well. Uh, and again, who gets the glory? He does. And so... Their decisive steps uh, to magnify His glory. He seals, first of all, the believer with the Holy Spirit. And then, secondly, He guarantees that we will come to our inheritance praising His glory. Two things here we have sealing and guaranteeing. And, uh, in other words, He causes, He commissions His Holy Spirit to enter our lives and to make us secure forever. He does it. He causes us for the Holy Spirit to come in to us. And we receive him, you receive him. And it has to be personal faith, personal trust. But those people that do that have been sealed and have an inheritance. This is what Paul is saying. And it's so important to understand this. So what does sealed mean when he says you've been sealed? Uh, the word is used uh, three different ways in the New Testament. In Matthew 27, we read this. Now, on the next day, the day after the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that when he was still alive, that uh, deceiver said, After three days, I will rise again therefore give orders for the grave to be made secure or sealed under the third day otherwise his disciples may come and steal him away and say to the people he has risen from the dead and the last deception will be worse than the first Pilate said to them you have uh you have a guard go make it as secure as you know how and they went and made the grave secure with a guard, and along with the guard, they set a seal on the stone. These guards were there uh, at the peril of their life if if somebody stole his body. In other words, they would be killed. So for somebody to come along and say, we want the body, it wasn't going to happen. And so uh, we see here the tomb of Jesus was secured by being sealed shut and by putting guards around it. Now, if the if the spirit of God seals shut the point is we are sealed in faith. We are sealed in faith and he seals out unbelief. And it is to show security, our security. Uh, God has claimed us for his own. We have a new identity as family members of his. Why? Because he sealed us. You're secure why you've been sealed through faith when you believed you were sealed. Another uh, scripture is found in Romans 4:11 uh, where Speaking of Abraham, and he received, that is Abraham, the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while uncircumcised, so that he might be the father of all who, what? Believe. See, we get back to this. You receive it by believing. Without being circumcised, that righteousness might be credited uh, to them. And so so Abraham's circumcision is called the sign and seal of the righteousness that he had by faith. He was saved by faith before being circumcised. And so a second meaning of sealing is giving a sign of authenticity. Uh, Remember the kings used to write letters, and then it would have hot wax, they would drip on it, and they would take their seal and they would seal it. Why? Because it showed that it was authentic. It was from the king. And if that seal was broken, then they knew it was not authoritative. And so uh, the Spirit of God ha- has given us a sign of authenticity. And who is the sign? He is. He is the sign. Uh, And the Spirit's work in our life is God's trademark. Our eternal sonship is real and authentic if we have the Spirit. Remember what Romans 8 9? I didn't write this one down, but let's turn there. How important is having the Spirit of God? In your life. Uh, Can you get to heaven without the Spirit of God in your life? In verse 9 of Romans 8 it says, However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So when you believe You received the spirit of God. He seals you uh, in a very special, special way. Uh, And so we're to to give him the the praise and the glory for our sealing. The seal is an act of God's grace. Is what it is. It's the grace of God that seals us with His favor. And then thirdly, it's found in Revelation 7.3. And that says, Do not harm the earth or, or the sea or the trees until we, this is speaking to the angels, until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. Now I'm not going to get into what all that means and everything but we see that they received a seal of Mark uh, put on their four heads to protect them from the wrath that was coming. So we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Why? We will not receive the wrath of God. Not anything we have done or doing now or could ever do. No, it's because we have been sealed by the precious Holy Spirit. And that's, that's exciting. Uh, in other words, I am kept by his power through faith, yes, but not even the faith that I have is from me. It's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Wow. Give him the praise. Give him the glory. Always in everything. Give thanks. And this is what Paul, I think, is hammering home. I know uh, it is, actually. And so he protects us from evil forces. Uh which would destroy us. And, uh, uh, but He has marked us. We are His, His own. And so, what shall separate us from that love? What will separate us from that mark? In Romans 8, 37 through 39. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through our strength and all that we do. No. Well, I had something to do with this, didn't I? What does it say? Through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of Christ, which, from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I read that one time to a person and they said, yeah, but that doesn't say you. You can do that. (laughs) Peace, brother. (laughs) If you have that kind of power, uh, I don't because I am secure. I've been sealed by that Holy Spirit through faith in in God and in Christ and he is my Redeemer and my Lord and so uh, he gets the glory and uh, This is a message, I think, Paul is preaching here of safety, of our security in God's love and power. And God sends the Holy Spirit as a preserving seal to lock in our faith, as an authenticating seal to vindicate our sonship, as a protecting seal to keep out destructive forces. The point is, God wants us to feel secure and safe in His love in His love and power do you feel secure and safe in your own power in your own keeping in your own obedience in your own whatever you do in your coming to church and I don't because I fail miserably all, the, all week long and so what do I do I turn to Christ He is my security He is my surety And I've been sealed by that Holy Spirit. And uh, he's given me power to live the Christian life through the power of the Holy Spirit that's in me. And then what does guarantee mean? This is much shorter, maybe. In verse 14, you were sealed with the promise Holy Spirit, which is the guarantee of our inheritance. It's the guarantee or the deposit of our inheritance. Uh, what does that mean exactly? Well, I think it's it's like this. Uh, uh, illustration that I heard, I didn't come up with this, but let's say you broke down in your car and uh, you have to walk a mile to the gas station and uh, this man brings out this beautiful uh, gas can that's about five gallons, but you only need two gallons of gas and so he puts two gallons in so you go back to your car to fill it up and you'll say... Uh, I promised to bring back this gas can. And he said, sorry, they ain't going to get it. He said, you don't know how many gas cans I've lost along the way. And so I'm going to take your driver's license from you, and then I know you're going to come back to get uh, your driver's license. It's going to be the guarantee. It's going to be the deposit that that you're going to put down in order to guarantee this. And so we've been given the deposit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee uh, that God is going to do more. And that it's a surety. And it's a sure thing. Just as we promised that we will come back and bring His gas can to Him. God uh, is going to do that and uh, for us through the power of his Holy Spirit who works in us, and uh, God has put down a deposit on you. God has put a deposit, and what is that deposit? God has put down his holy Spirit, his holy Spirit, not you, not your good name, not your whatever it 's the Holy Spirit. we have Christ in us, the Holy Spirit and uh, it's a payment with more to come in a fuller uh, quality. Uh, it's like when two people get married and the husband gives uh, his, his bride-to-be an engagement ring. Is that all there is? I hope not. No. It's just a deposit. And what is he saying when he does that? I love you. I am guaranteeing you that I am going to bless you and uh, meet your needs and this is just to show you that I'm earnest about this. Right? That's what he's doing. And that's what God has done to us. He's given us his Holy Spirit because he loves us and because he is guarantee that work that He began in us, He will continue. He will not let us go. He will not forsake us or leave us. And uh, this is just a small percentage of what God will do. There's much, much more to come. Do you realize how much more uh, there is to come? Because in heaven, we will experience Perfect communion with God. Perfect peace with God. Our faith will become sight. Wow. The Holy Spirit is a down payment of that closeness. We have a closeness now, don't we, with Christ. I hope you do anyway. I hope you. at some point in your life you experience that closeness. I did when I was in the hospital and, and uh, having open heart surgery, having a great big tumor taken out of me. I was lying there and I said I started crying and I said to myself I'm in perfect peace. Matter of fact, I don't care if I die or not. That's kind of selfish because I think God wants to use it. But I was ready and I had that perfect peace. And then that Isaiah 26.3 came to my mind. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on God Christ. And that's what I was doing. And so I just said, you know what? I must be, I must be trusting Christ because I have perfect peace. But do you realize one day when we get to heaven, all our sin, all of our uh, doubts, all of our fears, we just have a foretaste of that right now. We've been sealed. But one day it's going to come to full-blown uh, experience in every way. Wow, we just have a little bit, a little bit now, but it's going to be so much better in heaven. And the last verse, and and I'll close, I promise, says in 1 Peter 1, 1 through 4, and it even sounds a little bit like what Paul has said in Ephesians. He said, Peter, an apostle of Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, which is what Paul said in 1 Ephesians, the father by the sanctifying work of the holy spirit to obey christ and be sprinkled with his blood may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again see he did it not us he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ From the dead to obtain what? An inheritance. Which is what? Imperishable and undefiled. And will not fade away. Reserved in... Wow. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Just think. We have just a foretaste of that now. Just a touch. And we don't experience it all the time. We experience it. And I know you felt real close to Christ at times. Maybe when you were going through something very difficult and Christ shows up and gives you a peace about it, but one day you see, it'll be all the time, forever and ever and ever. That ought to to excite us. That ought to excite us. We are secure in Christ. We're secure in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have sealed us with your Holy Spirit. And we have a guarantee, Lord, of an inheritance in heaven that never fades away. Lord, help us as your children to experience right now that closeness with Christ, that fellowship of the Spirit, and the love and the joy of the Holy Spirit Lord, fill us with uh, your love for us. Fill us, Lord, with uh, uh, a longing, a longing to be with you in heaven forever and ever. And we'll give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.